Welcome to the Holistic Icon Podcast, hosted by Dr. Nisha Chellam, a board-certified internist and holistic medicine specialist who understands the science of disease and the art of healing. Every week, Dr. Nisha gives you tips on how to take control of your health, because you are your best doctor. Here's your host and author of Transform Your Thyroid, Dr. Nisha Chellam. So good afternoon, everyone. I know you guys can see us before we can see you. Dr. Chalam again with Marina at our weekly podcast, which is a day earlier. Uh, we decided to do today, um, which is a Tuesday. Normally we do Wednesday, and I think this is only for this week, right? Correct. Next week will be that on our Wednesday schedule. Okay. And one of the topics that we decided to talk about is the impact of sugar um, in our life and um, our health and uh, is it important to know much about sugar or is there everything that you uh, I'm assuming you know everything that you need to know about sugar there's always more to learn there's always more to learn and uh, that's what we found as we were re- researching this topic because the commonest questions we get asked is how do you break this addiction with sugar number mm-hmm. one what are the alternatives we can use for sugar? And um, I always tell people, when you're searching for an alternative, you haven't broken the addiction. Yeah, that's true. So a lot of times, um, really, how do you to get sugar? Is it even feasible? Um, and do people actually get born with a sweet tip? I guess those are the things that um, we would uh, definitely like to address today. So one of the um, things about sugar, when you actually look at the history of sugar, sugar traditionally came from the sugar cane plant, which is actually a grass. Mm-hmm. And it has the, um, the stem that looks like a bamboo. And it also has leaves. And a lot of the sugar is obtained, was obtained in the past from the sugar cane. And if you see the biggest producer of sugar cane is actually Brazil. And I think India is the next biggest producer of sugar cane. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my, a lot of my summer holidays, we used to actually chew into the sugar cane, um, uh, the grass, the part of it. And it was a part of our uh, um, summer, t- uh, uh, summer holidays pastime was to eat sugar cane. Then drinking sugar cane juice is something that's... Um, um, very enjoyable. Now, here's the interesting part about the sugar from the sugar cane. The sugar cane juice was considered very medicinal. It actually is used, um, contrary to our traditional belief, it's actually used for um, uh, dental uh, reasons to strengthen your teeth. It also helps with uh, cleansing of the liver. All of the opposite things that we're used to hearing. Yeah, all of the things that we think sugar does, that sugar actually harms us, actually sugar cane, when you really look at the whole plant, again, this is about talking about the whole plant, Mm -hmm. and when we extract it directly from the plant. But there are two ways. Once the juice is taken out, it goes through the the unrefined processes of uh, how you get the brown sugar or jag. Is that molasses? Uh, no, molasses is actually from the refined. Okay. The refined has two layers, and mm-hmm. I think the top layer is molasses mm-hmm. and the bottom layer right. becomes the crystallized sugar. So when you really look at the refinement process of the sugar, as we become more industrialized, there are more chemicals that are being used, 
and how we crystallize sugar. And eventually we came down to just this pure crystalline sugar, which, which is very much like cocaine works on the same um, mm-hmm. uh, brain area. Um, as far as the area of the brain, as same thing as cocaine gives you the same high. Um, and therefore you have the addiction potential. But when you look at the traditional sugar cane, I can go over the article that it actually shows um, it has anti-inflammation, anti-analgesic. Analgesic means decreases pain. Um, it is anti-hyperglycemic, which means it reduces your sugar, uh, sugar levels mm-hmm. in the blood. And also hepatoprotective, which I told you uh, previously that it is uh, helps with the liver, uh, healing of the liver. So because it's used in the treatment of jaundice, bleeding, because it's also antithrombotic, which means it uh, actually it prevents blood clots. And it is used in um, urinary tract uh, diseases. I don't know, they didn't go into the details of what it used to be, but it is in the Unani system of medicine. Sugarcane juice is considered good for patients with jaundice. It's considered beneficial to the liver and is recommended that jaundice patients take a large amount of sugarcane juice for immediate relief. So this is like completely the opposite of what we know of and what we learn about sugar in the traditional medical sense. When you look at table salt or sugar, it's actually sucrose, which has glucose and fructose. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference between the sugar that comes from sugar cane um, is actually more natural. It's really from the plant. The glucose and the fructose in table sugar is um, factory produced. And a lot of the fructose really comes from corn as opposed to sugar cane. Right. So when you're talking about basically not notching on sugar cane as a kid, that is a super labor intensive process to get the sugar out of it. Whereas now we use chemicals and we use all this crap to get the sugar. That's a big difference even in the last 40 years, probably. Yeah. The processing of the sugar and also the type of table sugar that we actually get sold and we use has more of fructose and it's more synthetic. And because it's more synthetic, we find fructose does a few things to our body, particularly the liver. Mm-hmm. It congests yep. the liver. It increases uric acid, which is, um, again, the best way to put what uric acid is. It's like little crystals. They look like crystals of glass pieces that float through your blood. Of course, the commonest uh, condition it's associated with is gout. Yep or gouty arthritis. So fructose, when it comes synthesized from, from corn, has a lot of ill effects, including, um, I think it's one of the commonest reasons why we, we blame our obesity epidemic to the increased um, use of fructose in our diet. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the history of the use of sugar in the 1750s, um, Per year, the amount the population used, of course, the population was much less than compared to what it is now. But even then, they used about six to seven pounds of sugar a year. Right now, per person. Per, uh, right? per person, yes, six, okay. to, six to seven. Or it's per capita, per annum. Okay. And so that's <laughs> a little, it's just overall use. Now it's 129 pounds in the... Yeah the last decade that 
they have uh, identified. And a lot of the sugar we were consuming through liquid, in the liquid form, like pops and mm -hmm. juices, which we consider, like the orange juice is pretty much uh, loaded with sugar and right. water. Basically everything is added sugar. Everything. Our, our breakfast starts off with a high rush of sugar, right? Um, a lot of the cereals are low sugar. Um, however, when you add uh, the commonest food item that we eat that has sugar is milk. So people consume a lot of yogurt, a lot of milk, mm -hmm. um, the lactose, a form of sugar. So we are inundated with sugar products throughout the day i think majority of our food is sugar and that's why when people shift to a keto diet or paleo diet they actually lose a lot of weight because they remove the um insulin activity because there's no sugar mm -hmm. in it but at, at the same time we have to make a distinction between the table sugar which has the uh, synthetic fructose or the corn derived fructose mostly um, from the fructose, which we all are exposed to, which is from fruits. Right. We use the same words for a lot of different things. And that's where, you know, that's actually a really good marketing ploy. And, and I things. think that actually causes so much confusion yeah. because people will avoid fruits, mm -hmm. particularly diabetics will avoid fruits saying, oh, uh, it has sugar, therefore I cannot have it. But I think a slice of bread has more sugar than fruit. Mm -hmm. A slice of bread has more sugar than a cup of orange juice, too. Because really, we're looking at two tablespoons of sugar per slice of um, whole wheat bread. So we have a little, um, we have to have an understanding of where sugar comes from. It doesn't have to be something that you're adding as stable sugar to your food, but a lot of our food gets converted to sugar. And it does stimulate the production of insulin. Um, and I think the bigger challenge is the high fructose corn syrup, which, in fact, I think the um, biggest challenge uh, I, uh, I see is the confusion that comes from the TV ads. In fact, I don't know if you remember, there was a time where uh, um, there was like an outdoor party and uh, one lady was telling another um, lady, do you know this has corn uh, syrup? And the lady who's serving the juice says, so what? It's corn. It's great. And I'm like, you know, that seeds that confusion. So maybe is corn actually good? So it's a plant, right? It is a plant, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes. But here's what you need to understand. The way we know sugar is highly processed, number one. It's, uh, sugar is sugar whether it's brown sugar, whether it's jaggery, whether it's molasses, whether it's agave, whether it is uh, maple syrup. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, maple syrup they use for maldehyde to get the uh, flow of the syrup from the bark. So there's a lot of uh, processing and chemicals we're exposed to just to extract sugar. Honey um, is another form of sugar. Um, so people say, you know, I have a more natural form of sugar, but if you have existing insulin resistance and you are eating these different forms of sugar, you're going to continue to have a problem. It does not matter how natural it is and how wholesome it is. Um, mm -hmm. That's really not what you should be doing. Ideally, yes, if you can, can you actually get the sugar cane and get the sugar out of the sugar cane fresh and do it? 
I don't think that's even feasible. And it's difficult to buy sugarcane, so that may not be uh, the route most of us go. So really, when you look at sugar in any form, if it stimulates the um, insulin, in other words, how does this insulin get stimulated if the sugar uh, levels reach a certain threshold? And the job of insulin is to get it down to an even tier, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the sugar products that we consume really um, increase the sugar in our blood. Now, it's also very important to understand for the insulin to actually overshoot and stay longer because the higher the insulin, the more weight you're going to gain. And for that to happen, what happens is the receptor where the insulin actually locks, so it's like the key going into the lock. If in that lock is covered with crud or gum, then the key, even if it goes in, it's not going to be able to turn open the lock. And that crud is usually fat. So you'll find that when sugar is combined with fat, and most of our foods are sugar and fat together. Yogurt is a classic example. Mm -hmm. It has got fat and it's got sugar. Milk has fat and sugar. And uh, cheese has fat and sugar. What else um, are the other things that we uh, tend to see people having, but it has sugar too? Just about any processed food, if you look at the ingredients, it's going to have like canola oil or even, you know, whatever, coconut oil. Right. They use it as um, a preservative. And so you end up having the sugar because you have to make things taste good and then also use the oil. So, right. All our processed stuff. So what's happened is we moved away from the sugar cane to more of the table sugar, which has the synthetic uh, fructose and the sucrose. And what's happening now is we have started congesting our liver and you'll end up having a fatty liver. Once you have a fatty liver, the whole system gets disrupted. I mean, we're all familiar with not wanting to have a heart attack because if your heart stops, you're dead. And of course, if your brain doesn't function, you may be alive, but um, you are still dead, right? Um, In many ways, you're not living life. However, when the liver gets congested, that is where you start losing quality of your life over the years. Your hormones get disrupted. um, Your digestive process gets disrupted. And then you land up having, um, uh, it's almost like, the whole system gets backed up because the liver is like your body security control. Mm-hmm. And if the body security control doesn't get the traffic moving well and clean, you're going to be backed up. And that's really what happens on a lot of the, the culprit is usually sugar. Mm-hmm. So when you look at what happens with uh, the, uh, the sugar that we consume, um, it is being blamed for the obesity, for the diabetes, the non-alcoholic fatty liver, which we call as the NASH. Um, and then you have also um, the biggest reason they find for this shift from sugarcane being useful for all of these things to sugar being harmful is the shift of or the use of high fructose corn syrup in the Western diet. Yep. So we're not even looking at natural sugar anymore. And I think when you look at the sodas and other stuff where they uh, say uh, organic cane sugar, Mm -hmm. that's also processed. So I'll tell you the chemicals that they use, uh, they say call it as um, uh, classified. One is the extraction of the juice with 
sodium carbonate, which will give you the jaggery. The jaggery is a very hard brown sugar, which is an unrefined version of sugar. And in people who are diabetics, it does raise your sugar. In people who have insulin resistance, uh, maple syrup, honey, agave, uh, stevia, all of those will um, create insulin resistance. Now, stevia is one of those that's a lot of controversy. There have been studies that show that stevia does increase insulin resistance or increase the level of insulin. Therefore, can if you have insulin resistance, it still may not be a choice for you. And uh, you'll find people who eat certain starchy uh, vegetables like sweet potato, beets, uh, carrots, and then um, like the yucca root, um, all of the starchy ones. You'll find sometimes their sugar levels will be high. That's because that receptor, the insulin receptor, is blocked with drug. Which is the fat. Which is the fat. Mm -hmm. So really, the reason sugar causes increase in sugar consumption of sugar causes an increase in the blood sugar is due to fat in the uh, muscle fibers. Remember, your biggest storage organ of sugar is liver. The next one is muscle. So when your blood sugar levels drop, it comes out of these two systems. Muscle dumps it, liver dumps it. And that's how the insulin, the insulin's job is to help with the right dumping of the sugar from the muscle and the liver. But when you have um, fat blocking the receptors, this whole process is dysfunctional. And then you land up having not enough of the sugar getting into the cells or getting taken up by the liver or the muscle to be stored because the receptor, in, in fact, the, the key cannot get into the lock because the lock is covered with crud and gum. Um, I hope that gives you a visual of why high blood sugar it's never purely the sugar it's fat that's blocking the receptor that does not allow the insulin to work therefore there's a higher um, sugar and, and meat consumption plays another role we've been talking about coconut oil and all these oils but meat is very high in fat even if you're eating you know lean meat or whatever you still got fat and you still you know mix it with the carbs if you're having pasta with it or whatever so just our standard american diet is very high in all of those things that essentially cause your so, so one of the things that you will find that when you eat meat and carbs, like you have um, uh, beef and pasta or beef and rice, our enzymes are not um, designed to break fat and carbs. They're two ends of a spectrum when it comes to food um, accurately. They don't, the system does not work that way. You're better off having the carbs, a higher carb diet or a higher fat diet, but if you put both together, the system has a problem breaking it down. One of them does not get broken down well, and something will go and block the receptors, and that's how you get dysfunction. So your food, ideally, which we always have advocated, is pretty much high fiber. We're really looking at a lot of fiber, and we're looking at it coming from a standpoint of fruits and vegetables rather than just um, a consumption of um, a paleo diet or a high fat mm -hmm. diet is it has to be 86% of your meals has to come from fruits and vegetables. Um, and I think that's where I think people have a lot of confusion. They tend to eat, um, they'll do the whole grain pasta or they will do 
pasta made with um, beans and quinoa. Yeah, legumes. There's also fish chickpea pasta now. Right. Yeah. So those are all carbs. And then you eat it with fat, like beef, because you're considering yourself on a little more of a paleo diet and less of a starchy, it still causes a disruption in the digestive process. And anything that allows the sugar to float longer hours in your blood will disrupt your insulin. And insulin gets disrupted when it cannot log on to or lock into the receptors, uh, which allows the sugar to go to the cells. And usually that part is blocked by fat. Kind of circle back to the stevia point that you made now that we've come full circle on the insulin receptors. A lot of these studies to this point, for the most part, have been looking at the stevia leaf. Mm-hmm. And what most people consume is a stevia extract. And you just kind of see this pattern of you start off with one good thing, like the sugar cane, and over the years it becomes more and more and more processed and it becomes crap. And it's going to be the same thing with the stevia. If you're doing the stevia leaf, there's actually really great, um, you know, studies done yeah. on it. Yeah. Really beneficial for health. But then you start processing and you have this liquid stevia and you have like white powdery stevia and you're going in the same direction as your high fructose corn syrup and your white sugar and all of that other stuff. You know, it's the same thing as with olive. Like mm-hmm. when you eat olives, they're great. But the minute you start saying, I'm going to do olive oil, you, you are causing a little bit of a problem because it comes down to whole food and processed byproduct. Americans don't have any moderation anyways. <laughs> you give us a little bit and we'll take all of it. Yeah, but you know, we, we look at it from an apple is not the same as an applesauce, right? Mm-hmm. It comes from the apple, but the applesauce is a highly processed version and then you have the apple pie. Yeah. Which is even more processed and added stuff. So you really want to look at sugar from the sugar cane was always it has medicinal benefits, actually. But when the way we are eating sugar, we're actually, um, we have processed it so much that it's really harmful to us head to toe. In fact, I think it ages you. One of the biggest thing about sugar, which um, it says um, somewhere here, uh, there was a study that showed sugar actually, um, consumption of large amounts of sucrose, which is the table sugar, causes adverse changes in various cardiovascular risk factors, which increases triglycerides, your insulin, uric acid, rise in blood pressure, increases platelet uh, adhesiveness, which means sticky platelets or blood clots, and decrease in HDL. In fact, a lot of patients will come to us with normal cholesterol but low HDL, and then we check for two hormones called leptin and adiponectin, if the adiponectin, which is one of the hormones produced by the fat cells in the stomach, is low, then there's a consumption of sugar. They do have underlying metabolic syndrome. Consumption of sugar or the presence of sugar in the blood is a little too high. So sugar itself actually causes damage to your blood for too long. We don't think of it that way very often. We just think of insulin resistance and diabetes. But right. right. Actually, sugar does is, an, uh, is aging. It actually causes aging. Now, the other thing which you have to remember is when people have a craving for sugar, which is the other thing we have to address, there are a few things that are going wrong in this body. Number one, a lot of times you will find um, people who have failing memory, dementia, 
um, they tend to gravitate towards sugar. You'll find people coming in saying, my mom never wanted to eat um, anything sweet, but now she craves cookies and that's all she needs, pop and cookies. But her memory is failing. Uh, people who have treatment for cancer, who have cancer cells, these cancer cells crave sugar. They thrive off of sugar. Mm -hmm. So you, you tend to crave when you have defective cells because each cell, each, um, every cell that breaks down sugar produces, remember the currency of energy is ATP. It produces about 32 molecules of ATP. Cancer cells and dementia cells, as they are getting defective, will break down the sugar to produce only two energy molecules. So what happens is they need a higher quantity of the sugar in order to produce enough energy and they thrive off of sugar. So you'll find, um, this, this used to bother me when I used to do rounds, when people have treatment for cancer, they would gravitate towards having candy mm -hmm. and they would want to have soda pop. And most of the family members think they're doing something, you know, she's craving this, she's in the hospital, she's sick, therefore I want to give her you know, whether it be the soda pop or candy. But actually, when you have a craving, there's a defect in the metabolic process of the cell. The other reason in normal um, people um, who have just probably a mild dysfunction where they crave sugar is when they have what is called candida overgrowth in the gut. And candida, we have a symbiotic relationship with all of the good and the bad bacteria in our gut. So we have good bacteria. We, I call it the good, bad, and ugly. And the ugly would be the fun guys. It's fungi. So the candida is one of it. And when you have an overgrowth of candida, people tend to have a craving for sugar. So it's not only your insulin resistance. It's what is um, hanging out in your gut. Uh, how much of fat you are consuming and how much of stress you have because the higher the stress, the higher the cortisol, the higher the cortisol, the higher the sugar. And if the sugar is not getting stored in your muscle and the liver because the receptors are blocked, then you line up having a cycle of high sugar and quick aging insulin resistance and you know all of the other problems that follow with it. So you can see how Sugar is very, very complex. So um, saying, you know, I don't use any sugar, I just use maple syrup or I use honey does not mean much. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are very simple. That's the question you ask. And uh, if you're still having um, insulin receptor, they don't actually work. And a lot of these things have to be had in moderation. So one of the substitutes which we recommend in our practice, if you have to use sugar, is usually dates. Dates mm -hmm. are very high in fiber. They have minerals. Remember, it's a whole food. And you can actually blend dates into a lot of the things that you are consuming. Um, of course, you need a whole bunch of dates, which makes it very expensive. And when you soak it and blend it, it makes it easier to have it. But keep in mind, you want to avoid having, uh, if you're having a craving for sugar, you really need to look at your gut, your um, hormones, um, the receptor um, health before you decide like, you know, I just have a craving, so I'm going to have uh, whatever, whether it be fruits or dates or um, honey. So I think you have to address the underlying cause of your craving. Is there a defective cell? Is there an underlying inflammation? 
is there um, cells that are breaking down, whether it be for dementia or whether for cancer, um, and um, then just saying, you know, I crave sugar, therefore I'm going to be eating um, a lot of the fruits. Now, I have to tell you, one of the things that we've noticed in our practice is people who consume a lot of fruits, particularly dates or grapes and uh, what is that, fruit, banana, mm -hmm. um, on a daily basis can also have an elevation of um, liver function tests, particularly ferritin goes up, uric acid goes up. Uh, there's a certain amount of fructose that you can eat even from fruits. And usually our cutoff is 25 um, grams of fructose mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. And that would be like uh, 16 oranges. I don't think anybody does, though I should say some people can. You're juicing it though. Yeah, if you're juicing, you can easily go through that. So I think you really need to look at your hormones, your receptors, your liver function, your gut function, and then see what is the appropriate amount of fructose from fruits, which is the really the good type of sugar, but still you can overdo it. If you're going above 50, what really goes up is the triglycerides. And triglycerides is like the fat, the oily cholesterol in your blood coming from carbs. That makes any sense, and <laughs> it's oh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it it just it is as bad as the LDL or the lousy cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to be very careful doing your cholesterol profile, making sure your uh, gut is healthy, your liver is healthy, um, and hormones. So a lot of times people just go on these diets without doing any testing, and sometimes, and that's why it's a hit or a miss. So it'll initially work, but it's not sustainable. But if you know what your body needs and you change your diet based on what your body needs, it's a little more sustainable. Does that make sense? Because I guess if you know what your body needs and you eat, the tendency for you to stick to that is a little longer than you just going on a diet because 90% of the population thinks that diet is great today. Right, exactly. For today, that's a good diet. And then right. changes. I mean, the amount of phone calls, honestly, that we get with people, oh, I've done paleo, I did, you know, low carb or this or that or whatever. And it's just, sounds like you were doing a lot of different things all at once. So you're really not doing anything. Um, so I would say what's really cool, I think what helps people in our practice a lot is getting that blood work done before and after and really seeing even just for 30 days of really clean eating yeah. the effects of it. Because you see that leptin go down immediately. In 30 days, that leptin drops. For most people, triglycerides, LDL, all that stuff, too. Cholesterol actually is a beautiful, um, it, it really gets under control. Your insulin levels come down, your 90-day um, average of blood sugar, which we call A1C, comes down. Um, it's really when you look at the person's gut, you look at their needs, and then you look at their liver and put them on a diet, it's a complete shift in their physiology. And that's what we're trying to do is shift your physiology to work for you. When the physiology becomes dysfunctional, if you don't correct it and you're just throwing things blindly at it without actually testing, then you go into the pathology, which is the disease state. And at that point, we're trying to treat and then get you back to normal. Instead of that, when you begin to feel symptoms and when you know what you're doing, you know, bits and pieces that you're throwing at yourself, it's not working because it's not a systematic approach. What I would really recommend is get yourself tested, see where the problem is. Is it the problem with the insulin? Is it a problem uh, with the um, 
hormone, the receptor, or your gut, and then make the shift. We have a question here. What does 25 grams of sugar from fruit states look like in a day if you're trying to find your sweet spot? No pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, um, for those of you who have been in our program, you have a sheet called the fructose in the fruits. But let me give you an example. Like, for instance, when we talk about dates, um, we have nur dates and majol dates. Majol dates have more sugar, more fructose than nur dates, which means nur dates are less sweet. You can do nur dates come above, um, there are about six or seven. We don't have a binder with us, right? At this point. So we'll grab the binder, but we do have like the nur dates will be just a little more than the majol dates. But um, let's say, um, I think banana will be around um, seven, seven or 10 grams of sugar when you look at a whole banana. And the highest is uh, figs. Figs are very high. And I think we look at almost, um, is it a half a cup of figs on that page for fructose? I believe it's on page 17. So we have a whole table that gives you the, um, that's what. Peggy, yeah. if you're looking, following along, this is what that sheet looks like that you have. Um, Page 17. I remember that from the binder. So in one cup of figs dried is 23 grams of fructose. And then look at the new. A cup is a lot. And first of all, figs, I don't think any one of us can eat it because it's so sweet. Yeah. So let's look at, um, let's look at uh, new dates. I know new dates. Right here, one medium is 2.6. So one new date. So if you're using even two, you're still well within the, um, you know, limits. Look at majol dates. I think it's 7.7 grams. So, so you can see between new dates and majol dates is one date. One has 7.7 .7 and the other has 2.5. So you can see a huge difference between the different types of fruits. So the dried fruits have definitely more sugar, but they also do have more fiber than when you're just doing maple syrup or honey. That's the thing. When you have fiber, it takes longer to be absorbed. So you don't have that sugar spike in the, you know, the following insulin situation. But when you're doing any kind of processed sugar, it's immediate. It doesn't even need to be broken down. It's immediately absorbed. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. The more liquid the sugar is, the faster it's going to get absorbed because there's nothing holding it down. And then when you eat it with fat, it blocks your receptors and then you have insulin resistance. Um, would only have one to two dates, cup of berries and an orange, one uh, tablespoon Dry, uh, dried cranberries. Hey, you're making us do math. <laughs> yeah. So you would have to actually look at how much each of those would amount to. Let's let's say that maybe 25 grams in the day. I just um, <laughs> I I look at the chart. Yes. So that so yeah, you can actually look at the chart and actually look at how many uh, how many grams of fructose it is. So remember, when you get go past the fructose, what goes up is the triglycerides, and triglycerides as, are are as bad as having just uh, cholesterol floating in your blood mm -hmm. and the lipoproteins. So you really want to again, like I said before, if you're having a craving for sugar, there is a dysfunction. There's a dysfunction, whether it be insulin resistance, whether it be overgrowth of uh, the fungus in your gut, or um, 
there is a problem with the uh, emptying of the liver. So you have a fatty liver or the muscles are unable to empty down the glycogen stores and balance out your sugars. All of these are probably dysfunctional or even very high cortisol, which keeps your sugar, the glycogen dumped and the uh, sugar high in your blood. All of them can actually disrupt. And then, of course, defective cells, um, aging cells, whether it be inflammatory cells or um, cancer cells or dementia cells. All of those can cause the craving sugar. Um, so if there are any other questions, I will take them. So that's um, pretty much about fructose from fruits. Um, is there anything else that we are not telling you about um, sugar? And uh, just remember this, sugar does increase inflammation. Sugar does increase cancer cell growth. Uh, sugar has been um, shown to um, increase your cardiovascular risk and through increase in triglycerides. And anytime you have a fatty liver or gut inflammation, you really want to revamp the, both, the whole gastrointestinal system so your hormones can function well too. And it sounds all like, you know, doomy and gloomy, but all those things can be reversed. Every, yeah. So, you know, it's not just taking out the sugar, but also what are you adding back in that always goes back to the fruits and the vegetables to rebuild your microbiome, get all your hormones back in check. I, I think really having a good assessment and then creating a diet plan that works for you is really a lifestyle plan. A lifestyle, <laughs> I should say, a lifestyle. Yeah, it, there is no diet. There are no diets. Um, in fact, diets should be so simple that a five-year-old can understand what uh, what to eat in terms of nutrition. But food that nourishes your cells so that you actually feel um, healthier is what we are looking at. So I, um, hopefully that has answered some of your questions. So the bottom line when it comes to um, sugar addiction, look for a dysfunction, whether it be cellular level dysfunction, liver level dysfunction, a hormonal dysfunction where stress can be a huge um, uh, problem where your cortisol levels are really high. And then, um, of course, looking at um, your... Uh, gut and seeing what is the kind of bacteria do you have good bad and ugly and more of the bad and the ugly therefore um, you have that craving for the sugar so i think most of us know when we're not doing something right but we just continue on that path because we don't have immediate catastrophic um, effects it's not like you die just because you had a tub of ice cream every night for the last 30 nights you don't die, you just grow fat, right? You just gain weight. And you do tend to feel a little inflamed, but since it doesn't necessarily kill you, you just continue to do. Some people don't even gain the weight. So that's why they continue um, mm -hmm. eating that, but they don't correlate their anxiety and depression to the consumption of sugar. So I think you have to remember, if you have a dysfunction, dig deeper, find out the exact cause. Is it hormonal is it gut is it your liver is it your muscle and um and then based on that we change your um nutrition plan i should say the nutrition plan to nourish your cells the best so that your hormones can be reset and it becomes a sustainable diet so is there uh, 
obviously we're talking about sugar, so it's a huge part of the nutrition, but do you have something that uh, they can work off in terms of nutrition? Yeah, so kind of going back to the stevia, if you're doing just a little bit of the stevia leaf, that's a good option to do. So if you want to put some in your tea and just grind it and grind the whole leaf into mm -hmm. your tea, it's actually really very sweet. Um, it has a little bit of like a licorice flavor to it sometimes. Um, but that's a good way to go because you actually get a lot of nutrition out of it too. It has a lot of antioxidants and phytochemicals and all those big words that are good for you. Um, so that's a good route to go. The thing is when people ask about sugar, it's usually they're not doing sugar once in a while. They're doing it like every day and they're looking for something to substitute every single day. With every single meal, actually. That's where the right. problem comes is like after every meal, if you want something sweet, you have quite significant insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, uh, that's important to, like I said, dysfunction should just clue you into, hey, I need to look at where, why I'm having this. Don't just walk around saying um, it's genetic, it runs in my family, we all have a sweet tooth. Um, not necessarily. And um, the other thing very important also, dental infections are a very good clue to uh, you having. So how does dental infection and sugar play a role? We have bacteria, especially if you have teeth, you're always going to have bacteria between your gum line and your teeth. And the bacteria ferments the carbohydrates. When it ferments the carbohydrates, it produces sugar and alcohol. And gum infection also denotes a lot of vascular infection or inflammation. So gum inflammation, I always say dentists can pick out easily the patient of ours who's going to be terribly at a higher risk for cardiovascular disorders so because it's the fermentation of carbohydrates that causes the dental or the gum disease okay so that's um, um that's a good way to have a quick checkup whether you have a dysfunction with the metabolism uh, metabolic processes of sugar um so i think stevia leaf a whole leaf and like i said if you uh, during the summertime if you can get sugar cane, uh, this actual sugar cane. And I think in one of our uh, community, Holistic Icon community, if you guys have not joined our Facebook community, which is Holistic Icon community, I do have a, a video on how I extract juice from the sugar cane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually add that juice to your coffee, or it's actually very, very sweet. And it's like 500 times sweeter than sugar. Yeah. It is very sweet. It's just that it's a liquid version of it. And of course, it doesn't have fiber, but it, again, because it comes from the whole plant, it has a lot of other medicinal properties. In fact, when you look at the um, traditional Indian medicine, when they use sugarcane juice, it's the juice that they use for the anti inflammatory properties. And whereas the way we know sugar, it causes inflammation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty much what we have to uh, tell you for sugar. So remember, if you have an addiction, look for the dysfunction. Number two, uh, the best way to overcome addiction is to eat whole foods, which would be whole fruits. Um, even a bowl of grapes is fine. Now, if you are a diabetic, one of the advice I will give you is to buy this um, a meter that you have available today in the market called uh, the continuous glucose monitoring meter. I think the I don't have any endorsements. I'm just saying it's it's called Libre, L-I-B-R-E. 
Um, you just put the monitor, it, it's uh, on your arm and you can uh, get the meter over it and see what foods raise your sugar. If all foods raise your sugar, you have underlying insulin resistance and we have to work on removing that resistance so that fruits don't raise your sugar. If fruits with high fiber like or vegetables with high fiber like sweet potato and beets raise your sugar, you have underlying insulin resistance that needs to be worked upon. So monitoring is the best way. I'm a very big believer in testing. Don't guess. Always test. Um, and when you test, address the underlying dysfunction rather than just um, going on random diets. Um, and uh, because most diets are not sustainable. I think we have seen a cycle of diets, Atkins, South Beach, um, the vegan, uh, keto, paleo, what am I missing? Um, they're all zone the diet. They're all the same. Everybody removes carbs. But if you look at it, the brain survives off of glucose, period. It doesn't get its... Um, Food from any other form and when you look at the ketogenic diet it's really been studied in seizures mm -hmm. which uh, which is really it's a medicinal property but it's for specific defective cells so i think again uh, removing carbs is not um the solution and carbs does not mean all carbs are bad because majority of us in, in fact we all should be eating a lot of carbs 86 percent of our food should be carbs but they come from whole food sources like plants and fruits, which will include fruits. So if fruits raise your sugar, um, I think you need to work on the dysfunction because that is an abnormal response to a normal food. Yeah, Peggy, the name of um, the meter is Libre, L-I-B-R-E, right? Is that how you spell it? L-I-B-R-E. Yeah. It's called the Continuous Glucose Monitoring. Um, the other thing I see people doing a lot is they have a smoothie and they add like a lot of honey or maple syrup to their smoothies or even juices which are just super high in sugar. So you can really take all of that stuff out, take out that yogurt and add just one date in and it ends it up quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think with every um, smoothie, what it, we usually ask people to do a three is to one. So three vegetables mm -hmm. to one fruit ratio. Um, and a lot of times, um, if you're hardcore, you could do a completely vegetable um, a smoothie which would have like something like celery bell pepper uh, kale cilantro parsley and ginger and if you blend it's almost like uh, one of those v8 juices and tomato mm -hmm. it comes out like a v8 juice and it's really uh, very refreshing to drink it and maybe a squeeze of lemon so you could do it that way too if you want to do a good a reset of your um, sugar stuff the key thing guys is consistency. You can do one thing for 30 days and then another 30 days you're jumping on another um, you know, bandwagon and trying to do something different. Anything in life is about consistency. If you have decided to take care of your health, take care of your whole system till you get to that point of health. If you're going back and forth, I, and we find that with people, when they're with us, they do very well. When they leave us, they go back, slowly slide back to what they are comfortable or catch on to the next new fad. And um, if all of those diets work, then we all would be on it. I mean, we wouldn't be uh, the leading nation for a lot of chronic medical issues. I don't think we get our food right because we don't test and we don't personalize it. So it's extremely important to personalize your nutrition. Uh, we all have different... Um, 
what do you call ethnic backgrounds and origins and uh, it is being well shown that your gut bacteria goes through generations and um that's why once your gut is damaged, it takes a long time for it to recover. So it's extremely important to have your uh, testing done. So remember, as I've emphasized in my previous podcast, whether it be anxiety, depression, or any of the other things, I always say, check your gut, check your hormones, check your liver functions. And if there's any dysfunction there, let's fix it there and work on uh, always targeting whole foods rather than any of the processed foods. So I think with that, we will wrap up. And if there are any further questions, go ahead and post them and we will try to answer them. But in general, um, whole foods are better. And um, always um, our practice is Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi, our holistic icon. You guys can actually get on our website for more information or get onto our Facebook page. I think it is under my name, Nisha Chalam MD, and you can be a part of Holistic Icon community where we continue to post a lot of information uh, for, for people to get um, healthy and stay well. The purpose of all of this is to help people understand health should not be unattainable. I think like with anything else, it is a process, it is a habit, and it is all about consistency. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, are potatoes bad? Uh, no, potatoes are not bad. The um, potatoes are not bad. Um, I don't know whether you're talking about sweet potatoes or white potatoes. It doesn't matter. Potatoes are not bad. Uh, but again, it depends on now if you deep fry potatoes when you do it as French fries. That can cause actually insulin resistance because remember that's fat. The fat that blocks the receptors. So um, I hope that answers that question. Um, and I think, and again, when you bake a potato and if you put sour cream, I think once again, you're adding the fat it's always the fat that goes with the carbs that causes the problem with the insulin resistance and sugar. All right, guys. So we will wrap up because it's already time. And thank you so much for your attention. And go ahead and post your questions. And we will be back next week on Wednesday. And if there are any topics that you'd like to listen to, just make sure you uh, post them on our Facebook page. And we will try to get you as much as information as possible. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the Holistic Icon Podcast. Subscribe for the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit holisticicon.com to listen to past episodes. Want to take control of your health and live a life of wellness? Dr. Chellum's best-selling book, Transform Your Thyroid, teaches you how to overcome fatigue, depression, weight gain, and more, and is available on amazon.com.